Hello and welcome to another episode of This Day for Life. I am your host, Alison Smanoff, and once again, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Rachel Hibbert. Hello. And Susan Cadman. Good evening. So what a big weekend of footy. What are our positives and RFIs from the weekend? Let's let's do the positives first. Caddy, you go first. Is it the weekend of like the comeback? Or the weekend of the underdogs, it feels a bit like mm. a few little fairy tale stories in the AFLW, maybe one in the VFLW. Mm. Um, <laughs> I can think of as well. Hiba, what would that be that I'm referring to? <clears throat> well, <laughs> oh dear. Um, we had our round one match of the VFLW this weekend on Saturday and it was actually brought forward an hour due to extreme heat um so we kicked off at 11 at Bandura and by quarter time we were down by five goals uh five goals zip and Alison I think you got there at quarter time I did I got there there was probably about five minutes left in the first quarter and the scoreboard said 5-2-32 Williamstown to Darabin zero and I bumped into my friend Elise and I said is the scoreboard malfunctioning and she said, no, no, that's the score. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. So we just really had a quarter of football that was not a quarter of football. It was just us kind of standing there watching this team run havoc. And then Tinny came out to us at quarter time and really laid down some half, half laid down some harsh truths, which then fired us up. and. Caddy, Alison, dear listeners, we did indeed come back to secure the win by three points and we kept them to two points after quarter time, which in all honesty felt like a bloody premiership flag. It was <laughs> oh, it was probably one of the, the, the best games of footy I've been a part of. Um, I've never seen a team do that turnaround. Not in, was, not in women's yeah. footy. I don't think I've ever ever seen a five goal deficit at quarter time to be flipped tell you what it was just really nice to have such a great crowd down there supporting both mm. the falcons and and the mm. and Williamstown. i thought yeah it was just really nice to have a crowd because i think the crowd was so into it and it was mm. tears in the crowd after the game of just joy that the falcons won <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah team very very proud um honestly that the belief to be five goals zip down at quarter time to turn that around, like the mental strength it takes to do something like that um, is incredible. So, you know, what a way to start the season, I think. Um, it's just an exciting an exciting win that flowed on through the club all weekend, you know. It was, all, it was just the vibes were great all weekend mm. around the club and mm. community mm. club as well. And I think just it gave us that kick up the ass that says if you're ever five goals down, you know you can come back. So I think we'll take that going into the season and, and really learn from it and know that we don't ever want to be five goals down again. But if we are, we know what it takes to, to turn it around. So that was a really great start to the weekend. And then I uh, got sunburnt and sunstroke. <laughs> playing in said match (laughs) because no matter how much sunscreen I put on it just sweats 
straight off, straight mm. off. It was a it was a warm one. It was hot. I did find some shade. It was actually <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was a group of about five or six of us standing in a line <laughs> in the shade <laughs> of the light post. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> and the the light posts at La Trobe aren't that big. No. We're just like in single file. Oh it was diagonal line and just like shifting ever so slowly as the sun moved. Yeah. It's there's really no shade out there, and it's even hotter when you're on the bench under the plastic awning because mm. the sun is just beating through it. So it's it's cooler to be out on the side of the track than it is to be sitting down under the so-called shade. Mm. Um, but externally, out of my world, I think my football world was rocked by the aforementioned underdogs, the Western Bulldogs mm. at Norwood Oval. What a game. Oh, my God. I was messaging both of you and you weren't watching it live, but I was sweating. I was screaming. I <laughs> was literally standing on my couch screaming at the TV. But to see them hang on in such fierce competition it was so brutal that game just the tackles were ferocious against a really really consistent team they just showed them up it was the biggest positive for me was just that game I think I just had so much fun watching them I caught up on that game today and (laughs) that last couple of minutes (laughs) when it's basically in Adelaide's goal square for like mm. a whole two minutes. It was wild. Mm. I have never seen that before. 32 players in 30, a 30-metre 30 arc from Adelaide's goal. There was, yeah. It was a swarm of players. Kirsty Lamb stops a goal with her face, honestly. I just, it was great viewing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> getting back to the VFL game, though, I, I've made... I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in the positives too because I think you know when you learn something about yourself that's that's a positive, and yeah, like I I love AFLW I love watching Carlton, quite an attachment to Melbourne, but that is nothing compared to the emotional investment I have in the Darabin Falcons because I <laughs> was ill I was feeling ill in the last quarter when we hit the front and we had to hang on for the last five minutes it was the longest five minutes of my life and I. <laughs> Almost walked away because I couldn't watch. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Nearly did I, but I I couldn't. <laughs> it was so oh it was so nerve wracking. So like, and I haven't felt like that about football since I was a little kid when I used to go and watch Carlton men's team. But yeah, the uh, the emotion, oh my gosh. all the emotions. Yeah, it was a great. It was such a great. It was a great game. Such a great it day really for the was. club. And I think also mm. given the season that you had last year, some disappointing results against Williamstown just to kind of mm. mm-hmm. to just to get that result, I think, shows a lot of self-belief and it's exciting. Yeah, it really was. And it was weird. After the game, I was speaking to Gunner in the change rooms, uh, Ashley Gunn, who's one of our backliners, who took some really great intercept marks in the last half. Mm. Um and she said that she she knew what was on the scoreboard. She she could read that and she knew that we were losing or we were close or whatever. But she she said that she knew we were going to win. She's never had that sense before where she's like, it's fine. We, we've got this. Like we will, we will win this. We just have to do what we know 
how to do. Mm. And I, I have to agree with her that it was just this sense of we're better than what we've put that out there already and that it can only go up from here. And it did. It was this really weird feeling, but it was really powerful. And it was, yeah, it was felt. It was really, really great game to be a part of. And, like, I spoke to some parents from Williamstown on the way out and they congratulated us and just complimented our ball movement and our control and the club. They were really, really stoked. The dad was like, if we were going to lose to anyone, I'm really glad it's Darabin. <laughs> and I thought that was really nice. <laughs> that, that's a first. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I know. And I think maybe it's because it's that new kind of rivalry for us where it's not necessarily with an established club, but it's another um, non-AFL affiliated club that we've got a bit of a bit of biff with now, I think. Hmm. What were your positives apart from VFL, Alison? Um, I think the the Bulldogs Adelaide game as well. It was just it was a phenomenal game of footy, and just the the talent of those of those young pups. My God, it's really exciting. I, I just again, I'm going to bang on about it because I've now got the platform to do so. Thank you, Alison. Um, <laughs> but how good would they be if they hadn't have had COVID? Oh, I know. But Mel Hickey has got that young backline humming. They played some really good footy. Jess Fitzgerald just had a day out. Kirsty Lamb was just lammy again. Katie Lynch to Eleanor Brown, just epic. Just mm. marks left, right and centre. And I think they had numbers at the contest, which is exactly what they needed to have at Norwood Oval against a really, really demanding Crows outfit. Mm. It's epic. But also, like credit to the Crows. I mean, they they almost they almost snatched that game. Like, and Aaron Phillips, I think, had had like only four touches in the first half, and then turned it around mm. and had fifteen in the second. And mm. like, they're just they're just a powerhouse team, the Crows. So mm. it's a really really impressive win, I think, for the Dogs. Agreed. Yeah, the pressure was intense. I actually think that. No other team but the Crows would have even gotten close, that close, to be honest. So, I mean, they were down and out. Like, Mm. I think the credits to the Crows to even get back in the game, speaking of sort of comebacks, like that was incredible to come back from that far down. You know, suddenly all the stars started firing. Mm. You know, I think that was incredible. They've got themselves back into that game. And obviously credit to Bulldogs as well for still um you know, scoring when you're facing a, a rampaging Crows because that's not easy. Um, but I think it was, yeah, it was just like a really, I don't know if I can remember a game of footy with that intensity, to be honest, that like pressure, mm. real mm. pressure footy. Um, mm. I loved it. I wanted to highlight one other game in particular, um, the Saints-Brisbane game. Mm. Um, that was on the tip of my tongue, Susan. Yeah, I just think like I know I always talk about a good loss, but you know, I really I think we touched on this too a few weeks ago. Like, really thought the Saints were in big, big strife. You know, they weren't looking much good first, probably two, maybe even three rounds, and then they're really impressed with what they've managed to pull together um, for the last few weeks. And I think that it's it's disappointing they haven't won a game, but. Brisbane are like really, you know, they're obviously one of the favourites for the flag and they had their number for most of that game. Mm. Obviously, Mm. Brisbane didn't kick so straight, but um, which is another thing we can talk about, RFIs. Um, But 
I just think that they should be like kudos to St Kilda. You know, they're really they they're playing their style of footy and they're just sticking with it. And you know, they're obviously progressing week to week, um, maybe gelling together as a team, new coaching coaching group. Um, I really hope they get a win. This like at least one win on the board mm. this year. You know, I had a look at the ladder because I was wondering if I'd missed a win, and it blows my mind that there's five teams on the like the bottom five teams are Richmond, Geelong, West Coast, Carlton and Saints and I know the latter we take with a grain of salt but those teams either have one or zero wins and I just think I just think yeah like Richmond, Geelong in particular gee they've been such good they've really played some good footy this year and like that's just yeah it's just really interesting it just I guess I don't really pay attention to the latter um Mm. probably issue when it comes to tipping um <laughs> but I just think like um I, I hope those teams are really getting something out of the losses because they're just like they're coming you know they're really coming so um yeah I just wanted to flag that game I thought that game was an excellent one and I think when you look at the disposals throughout the game St Kilda actually had a lot of the ball Tilly Lucas Rod was a leading disposal getter um, who's been really dominant for St Kilda. So they're, they're getting a lot of the ball, which is great. And now it's, again, that, that age-old using it in the right way and hitting up a deep 50 target um, instead of letting it just rebound straight back out again. So that, that will come as well um, as they learn how each other plays because they haven't played for two weeks as well. So, you know, they're, they're two weeks behind Brisbane, essentially. But, yeah, another comeback. Another comeback from from the Lions who were down at half time. What about RFIs? I have a few. Mm. The first one is, um, and this has been in the media this week, the, um, we've touched on it previously too, but just the expectations on players um, to play in this heat yeah. and train in this heat. Oh, my God. And work full-time jobs. And play mm. lots of footy. Like Brisbane's been told they're about to play five games in some obscene amount of time, like 20 days or something. Um, and I just think, like, for example, Ali Brown for the Casey Demons played a game of VFLW on Saturday morning, and it was, as he was described, incredibly warm, mm. um, very, very hot. And then was a late in to play a game of AFLW a couple of hours later. Like, are you like that is just that's unbelievable to me um, to expect players to do that? Um, yeah, and perform and recover. I, like the recovery is, you know, um, you know, you can you can use your adrenaline to push through and perform, but the reco- you know, it impacts your recovery not just in the like couple of days following, but probably the few weeks after trying to be being asked to do things like that. Um, I think, and I'm glad that there is a big conversation in the media this week about like, we're definitely asking too much of these players and like, there's probably possibly going to be some real, uh, like long-term, you know, impacts I suspect from this season and what Mm. it's being, what it's asking of their players. I actually had a text from my cousin, Eleanor on Sunday morning and shout out to Noor. She is a part of the Essendon VFLW team and 
snag two goals on the weekend in a large win. My God, they had a huge win. A huge win, very dominating. And I think it's good because they should dominate VFLW if they're about to enter AFLW. Mm. Um, Nor sent me a text and I'm going to read it um, with her permission. And it says, obviously the heat is a huge talking point in regards to the health and safety of AFLW players this season. My thought was that UV and the effects that will have on players is not as widely talked about. It won't catch up to them until these players are in their 50s or later, well after the AFLW stops paying their medical bills. Not many other summer sports are exposed to the sun for so long, or if they are, i.e. cricket, their uniforms cover them up. Also being a contact sport, your sunscreen gets rubbed off by hitting people, hitting the turf, etc. There's no way to fully protect the players. And I reckon in 30 years time, there will be consequences if they keep the season in summer and playing games at stupid midday times. I think it's also important to consider that a lot of state leagues have also changed their season to be earlier in the summer as well. So we're all going to be affected. Yes, in answer to your question, I did get sunburnt. (laughs) (laughs) And even girls who wear long sleeves for sun protection had their calves burnt yesterday. So... Mm. Thank you, Eleanor, for for bringing that up as well because we have spoken about the heat, but it's the other things as well. Like I spent all yesterday on the couch because I couldn't move, had essentially sunstroke, just sipping water the whole day. I don't know how these AFLW players are doing it when they're six weeks in. But Also, what what would you have done if that game was on Sunday? Like you just have to go to work on Monday. Like how did you recover from that? That's it. Exactly right. And you think about all the all the players who played yesterday and it was 36 degrees and they're doing exactly that today. Mm. So the AFL have a lot to answer for with after this season. There needs to be a really big retrospective meeting um, that happens and it needs to happen very soon after the season finishes so it's all fresh in everyone's memory and it needs to just lay down the laws of why this is a winter sport and it can't be played in January and February it's just stupid because also the other thing like and like I was joking before about you know standing in a line because the only bit of shade was the light post at at (laughs) Latrobe Uni but a lot of the AFL grounds are the same like it's not it's not hospitable for spectators either no and you're talking about trying to make a product that is a moneymaker and that is, you know, getting broadcasted and all of that kind of jazz. And it doesn't look very professional to have three people at the fields because everyone's trying to escape the sun on one side of the ground underneath the grandstand or they're not even going to the footy. Mm. I know there's been days when I can't go to the footy because it's just too hot too to hot. stand there. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh. Did you have more, Caddy? Oh, my only other one is, again... I don't know if I even want to mention it again, but like the inaccuracy in kicking in goal is just unbelievable. It's true. Like I don't even know what to say. Like the demons again, so inaccurate. What like what's happening? You know, we were watching the game together, the demons game. Mm. And we were talking, and it's like Casey Casey Field can be can be really tricky in terms of playing to the conditions. But if anyone can do it, it should be bloody Melbourne. Like yeah. they train there. <laughs> yeah. They should know how to kick in the in the winds. Like they see all the conditions. I don't know what it is. Like are they just blazing away or 
um, if it's just like a bit of a mindset. And then Brisbane, you know, they they had a pretty wayward um, match as well. And I just think some of these teams, um, yeah, I just think it's going to lose them some important games soon. And I don't know if it's the tiredness of the players or what it is, but it's just it's just really standing out to me this season. It's been very, very full of points mm. this year. The quality's improved, but there's just I don't know what that's something that just is sticking out. Mm. It's an excellent point, Caddy, because if you look at if you flip it and you look at the Bulldogs, they kicked eight one, and that won them the game. Like they took every opportunity. Yeah, compared to seven six Adelaide, mm. more shots on goal, but that cost them. Mm. Did you have an RFI, Hibba? I do. Mm. We've spoken about this before, but it was really evident on Saturday in, beg your pardon, Sunday in the Adelaide Western Bulldogs game, whereby the Adelaide crowd were just so gross. You could hear it through the TV, just the constant booing of both the umpire's decisions and any time the Bulldogs did something good or kicked a goal, there was just booing around mm. the stadium and the ground. I did, yeah, I did notice the um, the booing now that you mentioned that. Lots of booing of the Bulldogs, which is it's really weird because you just, don't, just mm. don't hear that at AFLW games normally. No, and I, th- and I think maybe because Adelaide is the only team in the state, so it's very one-sided and, you know, that they're hard on their sleeve kind of thing. But I, it's not from, it, it's not AFLW. It's mm. not our crowd. So just a shout-out to anyone who lives in Adelaide and went to that game. Just tell your friend not to boo. Don't, no booing. We don't <laughs> no boo. Booing. Nice to see a crowd, though, isn't it? A bit sad this year that it's been been so few people going to the footy and like myself included I have to say I've only been to one game this year which is unheard of usually but between the um the Omicron and the bloody weather and the lack of shade that we've already touched on Mm. it's really sad only seeing a couple of hundred people at each game um Mm. and I bet the players are really missing the crowds too so um Mm. hopefully we'll get some some bigger crowds um just back up for the season to get a bit of a uh, bit more a bit more of a vibe around some of the, the games but without booing no booing yes yeah agreed <laughs> okay well it's uh now it's question time from our listeners ever reliable seriously <laughs> almost BOG every week Kel Kel Rowe the dogs for a final smoky discuss Mostly, mostly that game. I'm still coming down from that win. <laughs> <laughs> mm. They're at as the ladder sits at the moment. They're two wins off sixth spot. In saying that, we're not really looking at the ladder at the moment because it doesn't really give us a great picture of what has been. <laughs> we're also not looking at the fixture either because that's also no, because we don't know if that's actually <laughs> happening. So. If they keep performing in the way that they have, and if they can string together a few a few really good matches, um, then then yes, I mean they've got Geelong, Collingwood, and West Coast, supposedly, over the next three rounds. Um, which I think there are some winnable games in there for the doggies. So we could we could see a really really fast run home from the mm. Western Bulldogs because 
if you go to round 10 in the future, they've already lost to Frio. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably good they got it out of the way when they did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, This is from Chris AFLWOW. The Blues were belted again. Yes, don't rub it in. Um, By 42 this week. I think they have wider cultural issues both across the AFLW and AFLM. I sense a feeling of entitlement in the group that success is just going to come to them because they are Carlton. They should be more more realistic about their developmental stage and the work required of them. To contrast, David Noble seems to have the men's ruse side, another young side, in a good headspace. They're doing the hard yards and last year exceeded expectations. I'd be interested in your thoughts. Thanks. Um, well, I don't like to compare. I certainly wouldn't compare the men's and women's programs at Carlton because I think they're very separate. And look, I am a Carlton supporter. I think Carlton supporters in general have a, have a sense of entitlement. I don't know <laughs> if that extends to the players. <laughs> um, I, look, I watched the Carlton game on Saturday. First half was really good. They took it up to Frio and then it just fell it just fell away. And when when it falls away, it falls away really dramatically because their confidence is so low. So I I don't know, I don't know if, if it is a cultural thing. The playing group seems to really like each other, so I don't think it's that. Um don't know if it's just the coach's messages just isn't getting through anymore. Yeah. I don't know, but they, they need to just start throwing some things around and trying to salvage something from the year, I think. Yeah. Coaches or clubs have this thing where they, if a, if a team's losing, they look to the head of the pack, which is the coach, and they go, well, what needs to change here? And is it is it the person at the helm? And I don't know at, in, at an AFLW club whether it is because you've only got eight or nine games to show what you can do with a group. But then there are clubs that have been successful for over eight on only eight or nine games and they pull their shit together. So what's the difference between the two teams? Like Gold Coast, how, why are they clicking compared to Carlton? Confidence. I just think it's confidence. Chris, if I had the answer, I'd probably have a job at Carlton. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's, if it's confidence, they're after. Next week, I mean, in theory, next week they're playing St Kilda and then they're playing the Giants. So two very winnable games, in my opinion. They're all about cruising around around the same. Mm. And then they're playing the Suns. So that's three games that they should be really competitive. Competitive. If we're sitting here in three weeks' time and they're they're losing by 40 points team those teams then I think there's really a problem um but if it's confidence that's lacking then I would hope that that the next week or two that would turn around um in terms of it's really hard to comment on cultural issues when you're not in the inner sanctum anywhere so um yeah but yeah it's it's not it's not nice to see hopefully they can turn it around yeah agreed Mm. okay I think this is the first time this person has asked us something. Well, it's not actually a question, but Lynette Love on Instagram. Hey. Oh, how wow, 
we. I know. I know. Don't think she's ever listened to the pod. <laughs> yeah, I would. I reckon I would bet my life on the fact that <laughs> Lynette Love has never listened to this podcast. So, um, and this isn't even a question. It just says, "How good was the Mighty Falks comeback?" Um, <laughs> I think it was pretty good. We've uh, yeah, it was good. we've talked about it at length. Can confirm it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lenny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, next question from LJ Moorcroft. Has the integrity of the competition been compromised when teams are being asked to travel and play three games in nine days? Or, or are we just trying to play as many games as possible attitude? I feel quality is lost in this sense, and I do wonder how players and coaches are feeling on this. I also wonder that. I mean, a few, I mean, something that I have loved about AFLW this year is that players are actually standing up for themselves and if they're not happy about it, they are they are actually starting to speak up. Libby Birch. I was about to say, I Loving think we're it. seeing it firsthand from Libby having the platform now to write for both the age, we're seeing her on Super Footy, we're seeing her on Fox, we're seeing her boundary commentary. And she's not holding back. She's telling it how it is. And it's it's the best thing about AFLW is that we do get those players commentating and having a platform to air all of those things. And thankfully, because they don't have all of the media training that AFLM players do, they don't necessarily know what is the right thing to say that the media might want you to say. So we're getting this raw energy and footage from the players. Caddy, what did you want to say? Oh, I just think that um, players aren't scared of media anymore and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah. also think it's a sign of them being pushed to the point, like to yeah. the brink, because yeah. if they were, in long answer short, yes, the integrity of the competition is absolutely, it's absolutely being impacted. Um, there's no question. Uh. It's just no question at all. Um mm. And I think it's just like how far are they willing to let it go? Yeah, but I just don't think players are going to be speaking up and saying these things if they, you know, if they were comfortable with, you know, pushing, being pushed to a point. But they're obviously being pushed over, over the brink here and mm. we should be listening to them. So mm. that's all I was going to say. Yeah, the, the attitude has really changed over the, the, the years where it was initially we're just grateful to be here. We don't really care if. Um, we're not at prime time on TV because we get to play at an AFLW level and wear jerseys that we never thought we'd be able to wear. And now the, they've kind of realised that they do have rights and that this this is not okay and that the conditions that they're playing under are not conditions that should be accepted. Yeah, so compromised. We Again, we said it at the start of the, the mm. season, out of 10, how compromised is it going to be? And we all agreed it was about a 14. Mm. I think that actually that number is going up every time we mention it. <laughs> Out of 10, it was a 26. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you two have um, listened to the W podcast, um, Sam Lane and Shani Norder. And I think this is, and I've said this to Sam too, I think it's testament to like the relationships that she has built with um with players and coaches and stuff but they're not holding back on her on her show either it, it's really it's, it's just That's so great. it's so awesome That's, um yeah 
another another player I, th- I think that's been really outspoken this year in a really great way is Emma Carney. Um, she's written uh. some great articles too. And I just implore the AFL to listen to the players. You, you have uh. to listen to the players and you have to look after them. And I know that I said this earlier in the year, all of these things are getting exposed because the competition is part-time. Mm. You have to make them full-time athletes. Nell's post a few weeks ago, like she's working on a COVID ward and then going to footy training where she gets exposed to COVID. Mm. Okay, next question from Nat Morgan 66 Giants have a giant problem. Time to play the young kids, give them game time. If they get flogged, it doesn't matter because best selection is currently getting flogged. Discuss. Mm. Mm. I was thinking actually this week about the expansion clubs yet again, and I saw that um, Sydney had an AFLW, I guess, prologue game-like thing this weekend where they played two different teams from their academy against uh, the Giants Academy. And it just reiterated to me that Giants do have that young talent sitting in their academy and that they have been working with them for years. And that if they don't play these young girls and they're disheartened at GWS, that they might jump ship to Sydney, who will come knocking and offer them certain game time, et cetera, that kind of thing, if they can. So I think while it's worked for the Giants to perhaps develop younger players through the experienced ones, it is time, I think, for a bit of a reshuffle in terms of bringing those younger development players into the team as other clubs have done, as Gold Coast have done, as Geelong has done, as Carlton are doing at the moment, and maybe it'll you know work in the long run. And But I, I, I tend to agree. Caddy, what do you think coming from from the ACT and, and you know the the talent. It was an incredibly deep pool um, in ACT New South Wales. Um, Giants have done a fantastic job in getting them into their academies. Uh, Swans are a little bit behind the ball a bit. I, don't know if you, I saw the scores from those games on the weekend. The Giants thumped both the Swans teams. Um, not surprised. Giants have been out doing this for a little bit longer. Um, there is some real talent out there. I don't know... I don't want to be the one to say it, but is it time for a new coach and a new totally fresh regime? Um, They've kind of been band-aiding things since they got in. Um, And, yeah, maybe it's time to just call it, say it's a rebuild and build up from from the bottom. Um, I'm just worried that the Swans are going to take some of their better players if they don't do something. Um, Mm. Swans have a pretty good selling point. They have some pretty schmick facilities. They're in Sydney rather than out in whoop whoop. Um, they're, you know, they're kind of the flashy club and they're the new kids on the block. They've got an excellent coach who has great, great reputation. I'm a bit worried for the Giants. Like I think that they might be in trouble if they don't sort of make a decision about what's next. And the season's been an absolute disaster in my opinion. They've been really – I'm surprised that they're so high up in the ladder because I think they've been pretty poor, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the depth is there. They've got to grab it and bring it in. Um, otherwise, the Swans are just going to grab it. Just because they're in their academy really in the end means nothing um, if they don't draft them. <laughs> So that's right. Yeah. Yep. 
they're not going to last that long. Um, and as the, the talent pool is sort of getting spread a little bit with the new teams coming in, you know, there might be other, um, some clubs might be looking out outside of particularly Victorian clubs might be wanting to look elsewhere just to see what else is out there. Um, and they could all be gone. They're not, they're not um, smart about. So yeah, interesting times for the Giants. I think it's, um, I think it's, I would say they have not been very successful at all in AFLW really. They've really underperformed most well, every season so far, I think, unfortunately. And I love the Giants. I love them. And I wish they'd been better. I wish they'd perform more, but this I've been quite disappointed this season. Um, yeah. Okay. The next question is from Wilkes6. Is there a sense that a couple of clubs are building towards peak performance at the business end of the season while early front runners may be going the other way? I think it's really hard. Yeah, I think it's really hard with a season that's only nine weeks long where it might look like they're trying to perform at the end of the season, but in reality it's just that they're starting to click because players are in and out and injured and sick and whatever. And I think we spoke about this at training, Caddy, about how, how do you click from the get-go? How do you, like you might click at training, but when that first whistle goes, how do you click on field? And it might take five minutes for some teams. It might take five quarters. It might take five weeks for other teams. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think there is anyone who's strategically doing it. Do you think? Uh, yeah, I reckon. Like why would you, why would you? risk that because what happens if you get if you have a lot of injuries or something and then you've you've put all your eggs in the latter half of the season I don't think it's about um not playing your best or whatever earlier in the season I think it's just about um building Mm. you know building with what you've got rather than you know playing your second best team to start with to save your best players or whatever I don't think that is what's happening I just think that some teams have been slower to start for whatever reason and they're getting going and I remember last season who was it who really came good at the perfect point was it Brisbane or Crows or someone would had not I think the it, season I kind of it. feel like it was the Crows because the Crows yeah. were just kind of coasting and then like suddenly they yeah. stepped up a level yeah mm. wonder if um I don't know if I think about some teams that maybe like Collingwood you know, they've kind of, they've been a bit up and down, a bit probably underperforming potentially. They kind of started the season well and maybe dipping off. And then you've got your north, like north, they're building as well. I think they're mm. really, really starting to hit their strides. Um, I don't know if Brisbane, I think they've had some down points. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess it's hard to know, isn't it? You're right, Hibbert. It's not long enough of a season to really know. And so much of it this year is just COVID and, and like, mm. the luck of the draw with COVID and injuries and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Because you could have this theory of, like, building towards the pointy end and then you could get, you know, Omicron ripping through your team. So Exactly. <laughs> like... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, Hibbert, do you know what time it is? I think so. Is it time for Would You Rather? First one uh, mm-hmm. from Ellen Buckley. Hey, Bucks. Would you rather win by a point against an undefeated side or 
Come back from 33 zip at quarter time in round one. <laughs> I think I'd rather be in an undefeated side by one point. Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I'd rather be in an undefeated side by like 100 points. <laughs> Is that a choice? <laughs> I would like both things. I'll say both. Both. Yeah. Um, lclarkfitness.com underscore run. Because oh, we put the hard word in her yesterday. We well, well, apparently has some oh. catching up to do with episodes too. So I'm yeah, very well, disappointed well, about that. Jeez. Someone who's Clarky's. been really cracking the whip. Uh, yeah. Hasn't even, not even up to date. So anyway. Come on. Clarky, um, bloody hell. Question is, would you rather catch COVID two days before the granny or get knocked out in the semi with full health? I would rather catch COVID two days out because my team would still be in the grand final. Yes. I could still enjoy it as a team. Yeah. 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 You got you got to, the grand finals are far and few between. Whether you're mm. playing in them or not, being involved in a grand final is incredible. It's so, so good. You would, even if it's from afar, even as from through the screen. Yep. It's still, still amazing. Um. We got sent this one in like quite early um, before I even did the call out for questions that would you rather. This is from Pez5. And the question is, well, it's kind of a would you rather. It's kind of just a question, multiple choice. (laughs) (laughs) Should the Falcons winning team song, A, be available on Spotify, B, make Triple J's hottest 100, C, be played in every single shopping centre on repeat in the same way they smash Christmas songs. Or D, all of the above because it's the best bloody team song going around. <laughs> oh, Pezzy. Pez messaged me throughout the week and said she'd listened to every single episode. She'd finally caught up and that she was really enjoying it. Excellent. So, thank you for listening, Pezzy. Um, D, all of the above. It, yep. is, it really needs to be recorded somehow. has to be. I know. I remember. I, remember I don't when, even know what the fanfare would sound like. No, but it's so funny. Oh, this was so good. Because I remember, I remember when I was, so I was working, the first year I was working in footy ops that Richmond VFL came yes. into the competition and we <laughs> played them in round one and I was dealing oh. with their ops manager and they emailed me and said, oh, can you send us a recording of your club song so we can play it when you run out? And I'm like, we don't have a recording of our club song. And it's- then we were, we were joking of sending in um, the audio from the grand final yes, in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We didn't. Um, now, I believe you have a would you rather for us, Hibba, and I'm quite nervous about this because... You haven't written it down, I don't think. I haven't, but it's it's still um, it's in my mind as opposed to the other one that is scattered somewhere in the ether. Um, Caddy, I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, would you rather mm. play Katie Brennan in your backline or play Sarah Allen in your forward line? I think Sarah Allen forward. Oh, I reckon Allen would do all right forward. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm. 
So mm-hmm. why can't you play? Why can't you play forwards and backs interchangeably then? You can. That's my. You know how I feel about this. Thank you. You play back. You can play forward. Thank you. Tanya Hetherington at the Giants. When I used to play footy with her a long time, a long time ago, I was full back. She was full forward. Now she's been playing at full back for her whole AFLW career. Like the best players can play at both ends. I agree. (laughs) I'm wondering whether that is something that Carlton could look to do and shake things up a little bit. Um, But that's where that inspiration came from. And I actually think I would rather have Katie Brennan in my back line. Good composure out of the back line. Good composure. Good leadership. Can I um, just revisit a would you rather from, was it last week or the week before? Mm -hmm. Someone may have um, seen into the future. (gasps) uh, Would you rather about being... Absolutely poleaxed by Taylor Harris. <laughs> <laughs> the options. Did you guys see Harris run into McKinnon? McKinnon. Oh my God. McKinnon, McKinnon yes. is not a small human. No. Oh, the tallest, the tallest in the league, in fact, I think. Um, and got absolutely oh, the did get poleaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And so there rests the answer that we gave, which was it would be painful but it would be quick and it quick looked, day it looks painful and it looked quick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tick confirmed yep. r.i.p taylor Aaron. <laughs> taylor swift harris <laughs> swift death um well that's that's all of the would you rathers allison yes i have one more thing i'd like to bring up yeah and that is I am now second out of our three in the footy tipping. Get <laughs> out. Are you really? Oh, out of us is... three. Yes. I am still. Three. Yeah, is that something to be proud of? I'm not sure. I'm beating you, Susan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. Don't be proud of that. Everyone could meet me. Well, that's not true because I didn't for a few weeks there. So okay. did you not forget, everyone. You, Caddy oh. forgot to put her tips in though. Is that what happened? Oh, don't tell me that. I no, mean, I forgot the first few times. I did it. I did a mid-round tip. <laughs> oh, anyway, don't worry, I don't Hibber, care it about that. That's difference. on you. Yeah, that's it on have you. Made a difference. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm. I've. I think I've. I'm steadily in the thirties, thirty-ninth. In fact, Alison, you're you're thirty-fifth, and if I'm just scrolling down to fifty-first, Caddy. Jeez, that's terrible. So you've I've really slipped. I've really slipped. I've got a, I'm putting, a, I'm putting a reminder in my phone right now to do my tips. You watch. You watch. I'll get even worse when I actually tip. <laughs> I think I did. I did okay this week. I only missed. I only missed the Bulldogs game. That was the only one. I got oh, wrong. that's really good. So yeah. So tipping competition. It's heating up, not really. <laughs> Between the three of us, it is. Yeah, everyone it else is, is doing quite well. It is lukewarm, <laughs> maybe room temperature. <laughs> um, but I was actually having a thought today when I I did my usual shout out for questions, and I was thinking there could be people that listen to the show that 
don't realize that that's what I do during the week. And they just like, I wonder how people send in questions. So what you should actually do is you should follow us on social media at yes. this AFL life on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that is when we will do our shout out for questions and would you rathers for you to send in. Um, but it's also where you can just get in touch with us and have a chat. Have a yarn. If, that's, love a yarn. if that's what you would like to do. Um, but also you can um, follow this AFL life on Spotify as well. So you get a little notification when new episodes come out um, and same with Apple Podcasts, subscribe so you know when the show has been released um, because I'm not always on a tight schedule with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty much all we've got time for. Thank you again, you two, for uh, giving me your time on a Monday night. Thank you for making us sound somewhat coherent. Especially after 8,000 seltzers in the sun yesterday. Yeah. Like carnival. Yeah. So. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Alison. <laughs> no problem. Um, and we will see you next time. Have a good week. See you, fam. Bye. Bye.